This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, today is Healing Sunday, and, uh, and I love preaching on healing. You know, uh, Jesus, that was the bulk of Jesus' ministry was healing, delivering, and setting people free. A lot of people don't realize that, that Jesus went about healing and setting the captives free. And, and so I really believe the, the bulk of, of the good news, because the, the gospel is called the good news, not the bad news, but the good news. What's the good news? You can be free today. You don't have to be bound by anything. Look at your neighbor and say, you can be free today. Amen. So I'm going to say this, that a lot of times in our Christian walk, you know, we're all at different levels in our Christian walk. And, and, and the, hopefully the longer you're in the walk with Christ, the more free you are becoming. Amen. In other words, hopefully you're not worse off today than you were yesterday. Hopefully you're getting better. Somebody say, I'm getting better. Amen. And so, and so, so, so we need to be growing in our faith. And today I want to talk to you, and the title of my, my sermon is Healing Forces. And there's spiritual forces that can break any bondage. I'm not just talking about being healed today. I'm talking about that you can be delivered from anything that might be ailing your life, that might be keeping you from walking in the fullness of, of what God wants us to walk in. Amen. Do you believe that God wants us walking in some good, good things? You know, there, there's, a, there's a, a, a word called zoe. Anybody ever heard that word? And that word means the God kind of life. And so I really believe that Jesus died so that we can live what I call the God kind of life. Or you could say, you know, there's another word called shalom. Anybody ever heard that word? Shalom. Sometimes when I'm answering the phone, I'll say shalom instead of hello. But anyway, um, but uh, shalom means nothing missing, nothing broken. It's, it's, a, it's a word that means total wholeness. Somebody say total wholeness. And that's where, you know, we're, we're moving into, say I'm moving into total wholeness. Amen? Because I'm going to say this, there, there's a spectrum of believers, and they're at different levels in their faith. Some believers are more bound than other believers. Am I talking to anybody today? Not all believers are walking in full throttle freedom. Is that right? We're all at different levels trying to obtain what I call freedom in Christ. And, and here's, I'm going to say this. I have some scriptures here that, that I will believe will convince you that God wants you walking free. Amen. From anything that will try to hinder you from walking in what I call the abundant life. The highest level that we can walk in Christ, I call it the, somebody say, abundant life. And that's what I want to walk in. Do you believe that Jesus walked in the abundant life? Was Jesus, when he walked down here in his earthly ministry, was he ever sick? He was never sick. Maybe until he went to the cross and he took on our sickness. 
but, but he was never sick. Do you think that Jesus ever lacked anything down here? No, because he would just, you know, he would just tell Peter to go, go get a fish and pay, pay for his taxes. He would, he would cause, uh, he would tell the fishermen to throw their nets over on the side and they would get a, a whole bunch of fish. He would multiply fish and loaves for the multitude. Jesus never lacked anything. Some people like to preach that Jesus was a poor man. He wasn't poor. Amen. He was a wealthy man because he was walking under the covenant of the blessing. Somebody say, I'm under the covenant of the blessing. Amen. You got to get excited about that this morning. And I love this in John 8, 36. Jesus is speaking. He says, therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. Now, if Jesus said that we can be free, then I'm going to have to say to you, you can be free. The Bible that Jesus actually said in, 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 in the earlier passage, if you abide in my word, if you continue in my word, then you will know the truth and what? And the truth will what? Will set you free. It will make you free. So what do we got to do? We got to continue in the word of God. We got to continue staying in the word of God. Amen. And so as we do that, as we con- somebody say continue. Amen. In the word of God. So he says now the, uh, in Second Corinthians 317, it says now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I'm going to get out of my chair now. I'm getting serious now. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Where is the Spirit of the Lord? Say, He's in me. So if the Spirit of the Lord is in you, then you have the power. I'm preaching to somebody today. You have the ability to walk in the freedom that God provided through the power of the Spirit. You're not going to get free through the power of the flesh. Has anybody ever went on a diet and said, I'm, I'm going to go on a diet. I'm going to lose some weight. And you fell off the bandwagon the first week. Maybe even the first day you, you said, I'm not going to eat any sweets today. And then all of a sudden you're eating cake that night. Well, I, I, I'll just do it tomorrow. Amen. No, no, your flesh. I want to say this. Your flesh is weak. My flesh is weak. Amen. My, my wife made some brownies last night. And I said, why are you always cooking this stuff? You know, and I'm trying to, I'm trying to eat right. And she's doing cookies and brownies and, oh my Lord Jesus, double chocolate fudge. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Somebody, and, 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 you, and you can set a rule for yourself, but it's only by the, it's not by my, it's not by your might. It's not by your power, but it's by the spirit Says the Lord, it's only by the spirit power you're going to walk in the freedom that Jesus paid for you to walk in. Say spirit power. And that will go much further than willpower. Can I can I preach to anybody today? Have you ever been there today? So so he says now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I love this. This is one of my favorites in Romans 8, 2. I love this. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus 
has made me free from the law of sin and death. Look at that. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has not going to make you free, has already set you free from the law of sin and death. What does that mean, Pastor? That means that we're under the law of grace that empowers us to walk free from sin and sickness. Amen. I'm, I'm saying it this morning. You don't have to sin. Oh. Amen. You don't have to walk in darkness. You can walk in the light of God's love. Amen. And it says here that the, that the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made you free from the law of sin and death. In other words, where, great, where sin abounds, grace abounds much more. Where sickness abounds, where sickness or bondage might be attacking your life, God's grace is bigger to bring you out of it. Say God's bigger. His grace is bigger to bring us out. Jesus preached a message wherever he went. I believe he preached this message. And it's freedom from sin, sickness, and spiritual death. And you say, Pastor, where do you get that from? Galatians 3.13. In, grace, in Galatians 3.13, it says, Christ purchased our freedom and redeemed us from the curse of the law and its condemnation by becoming a curse for us, for as written, curses everyone who hangs or crucified on the tree or the cross. So, so, so Christ, Jesus, became a curse so that we wouldn't be cursed. Amen. But you might be saying to me this uh, today, you might be saying, but how come there's some curse in my life, Pastor? I mean, you're telling me all these good scriptures. But I'm dealing with curse in my life. I'm dealing with a little pain here. I'm dealing with a little sin there. I'm dealing with some stuff. Boy, because you haven't developed yet to the place where you're walking out of it. You see, the light of God's word will develop you. See, see, you're sitting here this morning and you're being developed. What do I mean by that? In other words, you're becoming brighter and the truth is radiating truth to your spirit that you can walk free from anything that will try to bring you down. Even though the enemy, and he is a loud mouth. The devil is a loud mouth. But you must get a little louder than the devil. Don't let the devil outshout you. You better outshout the devil. Because your body, will, will your body speak to you? You better believe it will speak to you. But you better speak to your body. Mm. Write that down. If your body's speaking to you, you need to start speaking to it. Your body is your vessel. You are a spirit. You live in a body. You possess a soul a mind, a will, and an intellect, and your body is your vessel that you get around with. It's your earth suit. And so you don't let your body control you. You control it. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So your body doesn't tell you what to do. You tell your body what to do. But my body hurts. Tell it to get up. But my body doesn't feel like going to work. Get up anyway. You got responsibilities. Oh, you hear it? But your body says, don't go to church today. You better go to church today. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? Why? Because you need God. You need more God. You need the presence of God. You need the yoke destroying, burden removing power of God. And, it's, and it's, it's good to watch it online. Don't get me wrong. I thank everybody that watches me online and watch, watches the, 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 the messages. But, but there's more power when you come into the service. Why? Because we got believers and each one of you carry a, a, a magnitude of God's power on the inside of you. Do you believe that today? And so when we all come together, it's mega power. Do you believe that? Mega faith. Amen. That's why the grace and the anointing is, is, is another level when you're in the service. Amen. And in, in Luke 4, 18 and 19, Jesus... I really believe ministered this message everywhere he went. And, and Jesus uh, read out of the book of Isaiah. And this was his, not only his first preaching, but really was a text that I believe that he took and he ministered to people to reveal his mission down here on earth. And what he says here, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel or the good news to the poor. What's the good news? You don't have to be poor no more. Amen. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Well, you may have been hurt. Maybe somebody did something bad to you. Maybe you've encountered uh, some, some wrong things happening to you by other people. God can heal your heart. To set liberty uh, to the captives. To recover sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, or you, you can use that word, another word for oppressed is to set at liberty those who are sick, and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. What is the acceptable year of the Lord, you might ask? Well, I'm glad you asked me. It's the year of Jubilee. It's, it, it's a year, it, it's, it, every 50 years of the Jews... All their debts were, were, were wiped off the books. In other words, Jesus is saying your debt of sin is wiped away and you have God's full throttle grace abiding upon your life. In other words, you can live the year of Jubilee every day of your life. In other words, you need to get jubilant. If that's a word. You need, you need to get jubilant. Why? Because your debt has been washed away. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So Jesus said the Spirit of the Lord is upon him because he was anointed by the Holy Spirit to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to set liberty the captives, to recover sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And Jesus spoke this so people would know that Jesus had the power to set them free of any bondage that they were dealing with. 
Because people are dealing with bondage in this day and age. People are not just dealing with sickness. They're dealing with sins in their life that need to be removed out of their lives. Can I get a witness? I thank God for 1 John 1, 9. Thank God that if you confess your sins, He is faithful and righteous to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from some unrighteousness. That's right. All unrighteousness. Right? I love 1 John 1, 9. But it's not, it's not, a, it's not a prayer that we pray every day. Hopefully not. Or every two or three hours because we're sinning and then now we're praying this prayer and we're sinning and we're praying. No, it should be a prayer that we pray very seldom. It's only when the Holy Spirit reveals to us any areas in our life that we need to adjust. Amen? Is there any areas in your life you need to adjust? <laughs> Someone's like, yes, amen. <laughs> There's some areas in my life that I might need to adjust. Amen? I love what Jesus said in John 10.10. 10. Some say this is the dividing line of the Bible. And I love this because the dividing line of the Bible, because some people think that God is doing bad and the devil's doing good. (laughs) In other words, they they mix up what God is doing and what the devil's doing. And some people think, well, if sickness comes on my life, well, God somehow ordained that to be in my life because, it, because nothing can go past God uh, unless he allows it. And so if sickness is in my life, he must allow it. So it must be something good that he's trying to bring out of the sickness. Well, yes and no. He, it, sickness can come in your life not because God allows it. It's because the devil tries to take our life from us. Because the devil goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And if he's coming out at you trying to, to devour you, he may try to put a symptom on your body. And then you're going to have to respond to what he does. And if you respond that this isn't God, that this is the devil, then you're going to fight what's coming against you. But if you think it's God, then you're not going to fight it. Or you're not going to fight it as hard. Well, if it's God, then it's God. Maybe I'm one of the lucky ones. Well, the word lucky is not a good word, but that that go to heaven early. Amen. No, no, listen, but long life. Does God say, with long life I'll satisfy you and show you my salvation? And it's not supposed to be a long, miserable life. Your life is not supposed to be miserable. It's supposed to be a long, good life. Somebody say long, good life. Not a long, miserable life. Amen? And, uh, and so we see this, that, that uh, Jesus said in John 10.10, 10, The thief does not come except to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. So, so what is the bar that I'm trying to set? Uh, that we're trying to get to, abundant life. So we see here that the statement that that the the devil's mission on mankind is to steal, kill, and destroy. This sounds like sickness and bondage to me. Sickness and bondage in our life steals, kills, and and destroys. But, but, But Jesus said, I came that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Amen. So, so how are we going to walk in this abundant life? We've got to walk in, 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 a, in the spiritual force, number one, the spiritual force 
of faith. If we're going to walk in abundant life, we have to walk in the spiritual force of faith. The definition of faith in Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So faith brings into substance, brings into what you're believing God for, into your life. Faith brings in that substance of what you're hoping for, and it's the evidence of things not seen. You can't see it, but God can do it. You can't see when he heals you, but you can feel when he heals you. Can I get a witness in the house today? And so, and so, so here, we, if you're going to walk in the abundant life, divine health, nothing missing, nothing broken, you're going to have to learn to walk in some faith. You're going to have to learn to walk in faith. And faith brings the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I love what it says in verse 3. It says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Did you catch that? He says here, by faith, God, uh, by faith, God created the world. By faith. God operates by faith. He says that the worlds are framed by his word. So by his word and faith in his word, he created our world. And I want to say this, you can create your world by your faith. In other words, what you're living in today, what you're experiencing from God today, is what you, it's a product of your thinking and your speaking. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So you, 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 need, to, you need to start thinking right, and you need to start speaking right, to obtain that abundant life. So faith can change the landscape of our lives. If we don't know how our life is going, if our life is not going the way we want it to go, then we just need to believe God because all things are possible to those that believe God. What's that, what does that mean? If you don't like what your life looks like today, it can change. Your life can change for the better. I just gave a definition of faith. And, and faith really is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. But, but what is the plumb line of faith? What is the plumb line of faith? We got some contractors in here. They know what plumb lines are. Glory to God. And, uh, and what is the plumb line? It's in Hebrews eleven six. This is the plumb line of our faith. We, I just read a definition of faith. But Hebrews 11, 6 says, but without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that God is and that God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So faith starts with believing that God exists and that he rewards. You must believe that God exists, but not only does he exist, He's your heavenly father and he wants to bless you. See, if you don't believe that God wants to bless you, then your faith is not working like it needs to work. Because you must believe that God wants to bless you. That God is not looking to put sickness on you. He's looking to take sickness off of you. 
He's not looking to make you broke. Well, God make me, made me broke so I can go follow him. No, it might have been some of your dumb decisions <laughs> that caused you to go broke. It may not have been God. God may have nothing to do with why you, got, why, why you became broke. It might have been your bad business practices that caused you to be broke. It may not be God. Oh, well, God caused me to get broke so I can get, so I can get, get more of God in my life. Well, you know, it's a two-edged sword. Sometimes people that go through problems don't get the promise. Sometimes they go away from God. Some people get mad at God. Can I get a witness in the house today? They go through issues and they get mad. God, why are you doing this to me? Why are you putting me through all this? Why, 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 why? Have you ever been there? <laughs> Amen. But God's not doing it to you. God's trying to bring you out of the problem. He's not bringing you into the problems of life. He's trying to bring you out of the problems of life. So, so faith starts with believing God exists and it exists to reward us. In other words, God is looking to bless us with the abundant life. Abundant life is a life that is full, overflowing with God's grace. God's grace in our lives is activated by our faith in God. God desires to bless Everybody, not just us, but our loved ones as well. So faith activates the grace of God in our life. See, God's grace is his power to do something on our behalf. Amen. I was working out last night and I said, Lord, I need, I need your help on this, on this lift. I didn't have a spotter. So Jesus was my spotter last night. Glory to God. And I, you know, I'm, I, my, my left arm, I'm believing for full mobility. I, I'm dealing with some issues there, but still believing for some full. And I'm having a hard time getting that weight up. You know, I'm doing, doing the dumbbells. I said, Jesus, help me. Jesus. And it came up easy. Glory to God. Man, if you need some help in your life, call upon Jesus. It, what, he will even help you work out. You better believe it. He will help you anything you need help on. Man, I've got to keep my body up, glory to God. Hallelujah. You know, your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says, glorify God in your bodies. And so, and so that's what I'm trying to do. Be a good steward for all the bodybuilders out there. Glory to God. Amen. We got any bodybuilders out here? Amen. How many spirit builders do we have out here? That you're building your spirit, man, on the word of God. Now, that's even, you know, the Bible says bodily exercise is good, but, but, but godliness uh, towards God is better. So, so, so don't discount the God side of it. Amen? So, so, so God, uh, wants, Jesus wants us walking in that abundant life that he paid for. And I love this. If we're going to walk in that abundant life, we've got to learn to operate in faith. And, and I love this story here in Mark 5, 25 through 34. It's about a woman that was sick for 12 years and she had problems. Anybody had any problems and been dealing with any problems for a long period of time? Do you know that you can get tired when you deal with problems for long periods of time? And so she was dealing with problems. It says, it says in Mark 5, 25 to 34. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Amen. She was in a bad situation. She spent all her money. 
She tried to get better. The physicians, sometimes the doctors can't help you. That's why you need to go to Dr. Jesus. Because the doctors don't have it all. Thank God for the doctors. I'm, I'm, I'm an advocate for medi medication when I need it. I go to a doctor if I have to. But, but you know what? If they can't do anything, God can. And it says, when she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd, touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power has gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitudes thronging you. And you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who done this thing. And the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down. Uh, before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. I love this story because it was her. Now, whose faith was it? Jesus' faith that got her healed? The Bible said it was her faith. Jesus didn't even know it until she touched him. She, he said, Whoa, the power went out. Think about that. Jesus is walking. You know, you know, a lot of people are praying, God, touch me. God, touch me this morning. Touch me. But are you touching him? Mm. Are you reaching out to God in faith? And are you taking the hem of Jesus' garment? Are you touching God? Can't you touch God with your faith? Can faith cause God to, to move in your direction? I believe so. Some people say, you can't control God. You can't tell God what to do. No, we can't control God. But I believe our faith can cause the winds of grace to blow in our direction. Mm. And I like the winds of grace blowing in my direction. Glory to God. Are you, my faith can cause the winds of grace to, grow, to, to, to blow in my direction. And I need all the winds of grace that I can receive from God. So we see here the first key that she said she heard about Jesus. So the first key to walking in faith and receiving your healing and deliverance, you have to hear the word of God on it. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God Faith begins where the will of God is known. And the will of God is known only through his word. And so, so she heard that Jesus was a healing Jesus. And she said, man, people are going to Jesus and they're getting healed. If it's good enough for them, it's good. You see, Jesus is not a respecter of persons. He's a respecter of faith. Amen. So, so there's no, there's, there, God, hey, it doesn't matter where you are in the spectrum of people, what culture background you come from. It doesn't matter to God. What matters is what faith do you have? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So anybody can walk in it. Can I get a witness in the house today? So, so she heard about Jesus. Then she said to herself, if I would touch the hem of his garment. She said it. 
in other words, she spoke what she believed was going to happen. She said, if I touch the hem of his garment, I shall, not maybe, I hope it's going to happen. I hope it's going to work. I hope when I get to church, I'm going to get healed today. No, I'm, I'm getting my healing today. Not I'm hoping, I'm wishing, maybe it might happen. In the, maybe if God smiles at me today, maybe if God's not in a bad mood, maybe if all the stars align, I can receive my blessing. No, you can receive it by faith. All the stars doesn't have to align. You just have to align with God. And so she spoke to it. You know, Jesus said, if you speak to the mountain, See, mountains will speak to us, but you need to speak to your mountain. And you command your mountains to be cast into the sea. You need to curse that thing that's coming against you. Curse it. Say it's not going to have any dominion over your life. Can I get a witness in the house today? Hallelujah. Amen. And then you have to act on the word of God. You see, just sayings, just Believing, saying, but not acting, there's no faith in that. And what does that mean, acting on the word of God? She acted by getting up out of her house, pressing through that crowd in her weakened state, and she did everything she could to push through that crowd to get to Jesus. Are you doing everything you can to press in to the promises of God? Or you're saying, well, if I'm going to be healed, it's up to God. I just just lay back. No, you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to press in. And she pressed in and she received her healing. So, so, so in James it says, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? You know, I talk to people sometimes, and, and, uh, and uh, sometimes I, I try to talk to them about salvation. And so, and then I mention, I said, do you go to church? And they say, no. Do you have a Bible? No. Do you have any Christian friends? No. Do you, you believe you're going to make it to heaven? Sure. <laughs> right? And I said, I said, but you don't go, you don't, you don't have any Christian, you don't Bible. If you were being arrested for being a Christian, is there enough evidence in your house? Is there enough evidence on you that will convict you that you're a Christian? Could they go to your phone and find a Bible app on your phone? Could they go in your house and find a Bible on the coffee table with dust on it? No, I'm kidding, but. <laughs> but that's when the preacher comes over, right? The old days, the preacher used to come over. Get that Bible out, Martha. Get that Bible. Where's it? Where's it at? Uh, it's under the bed somewhere, I think. Get that Bible out, right? Why? Why? Gotta make it look good, you know. We got the Bible out. Put it at Psalms twenty-three. That the pastor loves Psalms twenty-three, right? Are you hearing what I'm saying? No, it can't be just a Bible sitting on a pretty place. In your, in your living room, right? Set in a place where opened up where Jesus has his hand on the rock. You know what I'm talking about? It has to be more than that. We had one of these big family Bibles. I think we had it with Jesus with his hand on the rock. And, but the pages never moved. It was shellacked there. You know what I'm talking about? The Bible is not there to look good. It's for you to read. But more than just for you to read, it's for you to develop your relationship with God. 
You see, it's more than just knowledge. See, just reading and get knowledge is good, but it's more than knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love edifies. So really, you read the Bible to know God. And if you know God, you can come out of anything. Can I get a witness in the house today? And then she received it. If you're going to get your healing, you're going to have to receive it. And then, she, that's the fourth key, she received her healing. She thanked God, she received it. She felt in her body she was healed. And then she told it. She told Jesus the whole truth. And if you're going to keep your healing, once God heals you, you better tell people about it. Because the devil can come back around. See, the devil, you know, he, he can attack you once, you can get free. But he may come back around and try to attack you another time. Will he do that? Yes, the devil can try to attack you once, twice, three times, four times. I was about to sing that song. Three times a lady. <laughs> Some of you young people don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Let the ignorant remain ignorant still. Glory to God. Look it up on YouTube. Amen. I don't know who that who sang that song. But anyway, but the devil will try to come at you once, twice, three times. He will try to come. But you're going to have to learn to stand your ground. You need to start telling people that you're healed, delivered, and set free. How do we overcome? By the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. You better start telling some people some things. Stop telling people about your problems and start telling people about your promise. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? In Matthew 8, 5 and 10, this is powerful. It says here, Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadful, tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. I love that about Jesus. He just immediately said, I'll come to your house and heal him. Jesus was ready to be put out on a moment's notice. Are you? Are you willing to be put out when somebody needs some help? Are you willing to help people at a drop of a hat? Are you willing to be like Jesus? Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And he said, I will come heal him. That's amazing. And this was a centurion. This wasn't even a, uh, one of Jesus' clan, if I may say, may say so. And then the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. But only speak a word, and my servant will be healed. For I am also man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Surely, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Now, I love this story about this centurion, because Jesus... It's talking about faith. Jesus is all about faith. And he looked at his disciples and he said to his disciples, I haven't seen great faith like this. And what about his disciples' faith? <laughs> Where are they at their faith? This guy was practicing greater faith than some of his disciples. Sometimes people of the world can believe more for, for, for their prosperity than we do for our own selves in Christ. And, uh, you know, sinners can have, have more belief systems that they're going to prosper than Christians. Is that right? But you know what? We need to start believing that we can prosper. We need to start believing that God can do something in our lives. We got to believe that we can be trendsetters. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? And I love this. It said here, then Jesus said to the centurion in verse 13, go your way 
as you have believed, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. So we see here that faith, believing that God can do the impossible, faith is the highest level, is taking God at his word, regardless of what the circumstances look like. You need to write in your Bible, I, God says it, I believe it, and that settles it. That's what you need to write in your Bible. God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. But really, you, it settles it even if you don't believe it. Because God's word is true even if it doesn't, if you don't even partake of the truth of it. Amen. So the reason why some of us are struggling with sickness and bondage in life because we're more focused on the problem in prayer than the promises in our prayer life. In other words, stop asking God to do something he has already done. Stop asking God, we need to stop asking God over and over again, set me free, God. Do this for me, God. Do this. Break this bondage out of me. Do this. Set me free. You are already set free by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. You, instead of asking God, you need to start thanking God. You need to start thanking God that, that, that Jesus already paid for everything that, uh, that, that uh, 2,000 years ago on the cross, glory to God. So, 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 so you've got to believe that, glory to God. So, so, so it's the cross that, that sets us free from all the bondages that we can walk in, amen? So faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So, so the faith principle is, is, is really this faith principle of, of speaking healing before you see it is calling those things that be not as though they were. Have you ever heard of that? Calling those things that be not as though they were. In other words, God calls into existence before they manifest. That's what God does. And God wants us acting like him. Uh, I, I remember that, uh, that uh, a man was delivered from smoking cigarettes. And this is how he was delivered. The minister said to him, will you do this? And the, and the man says, well, don't tell me to stop smoking because I'm having a hard time with it. He said, I'm not going to tell you to stop smoking. I'm just going to tell you to do something every time you smoke. And he said, what, what's that? S- say, thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm delivered from smoking. Each time you take that cigarette. I'm not going to tell you to stop smoking. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm delivered from smoking. And then after it, thank you, Lord. I'm delivered from smoking. And he did that for a period of two to three weeks and it, it became automatic. After, before he, he lit up, during his, his, his time with his cigarette, and then after. And he said within three weeks, on, on the third week, all of a sudden he was thinking about a cigarette. And all of a sudden this, uh, this power of God hit him. And he felt the power of God him. And then he said, I, never ha- I, I didn't have another urge to smoke another cigarette the rest of my life. What am I saying? It's the power of the Spirit. It's the, you, you speak the Word, and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, thank you, Lord, I am delivered from whatever the devil is trying to put on your life or keep you in bondage, and you start thanking the Lord, and pretty soon God confirms His Word with signs following. 
Do you believe that today? In Romans 4, 17, it says, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. In the presence of him who believed God, who gives life to the dead, and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. This is this famous scripture of calling those things. You see, Abraham, uh, basically, his name was Abram. And then God said, I'm changing your name to Abraham. And what Abraham means is father of many nations. Now, now we know this, and you may not be aware of this, that God changed his name late in his life, uh, almost to the point where, where right before he had Isaac. And what happened was when he changed his name, uh, Abraham, instead of Abram, uh, Abraham means father of many nations. So everybody that spoke to him said, hi, father of many nations. Hi, father of many nations. He had a lot of people working for him. So they were, they were confessing. You need to start confessing what you're believing God to do in your life. You're healed, you're whole, you're sound, you're delivered, and you're set free. You're, you're the healed, and the enemy's trying to make you sick. Amen. And I love this because it's, it, it's, it's not, you might say, well, it, it, won't I be lying if I say that I'm healed when I'm dealing with sickness? No, no, it's, I'm not saying deny the fact that you're dealing with sickness. I, I'm saying deny the fact of its right to be in your body. What I'm saying is that you exalt the word over that sickness. You're not saying what you feel. You're saying what you believe. And what you believe is by Jesus stripes, you are healed, delivered, and set free. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? You put, you put your faith in the now. Surely Jesus bore your sicknesses. Surely Jesus cared. See, he says, surely Jesus bore your sicknesses. Surely Jesus carried your pains. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And by the chastisement of our peace fell upon him. And by his stripes we are Healed. In that verse right there, by his stripes we are healed. Is that past tense, present tense, or future tense? It's present tense. So faith is always in the now. Now faith, Hebrews 11, 6, the definition of faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things I've seen. You put your faith in the now. You don't pray, thank you, Lord, sometime down the road, I'm going to be healed. I know you're going to heal me sometime. No, no, you put your faith in now. Thank you, Lord, you're healing me today. Thank you, Lord, your power is working in me today. Thank you, Lord, I am delivered today. Thank you, Lord, by your stripes, I am healed, delivered, and set free. Glory to God. Put your faith in. In the now. Now I only talked to you about one force and I have four more left. So I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to continue this next week. Amen. And I know you want to know what the, what the next, next thing I want to talk to you about next week. I'm not going to tell you. I'm going to keep you hanging. It's going to be a cliffhanger. Glory <laughs> to God. Amen. So you better come out next week to find out that next force that will help you walk in. That abundant life. Did you receive it today? Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your mercies and your goodness and your love. I thank you, Father God. Without faith, it's impossible to please you. 
And they, they that come to you must believe that you are and that you are a rewarder. I thank you, Father God, that you're rewarding us with abundant life as we seek you diligently. Maybe there's people here in the audience, maybe those watching and listening to me. Maybe you have not bowed your knee to Jesus. Maybe you're not walking that, that full throttle faith that you need to walk in. Well, today can be the day of salvation. So if you're listening or watching, just confess this prayer after me in meaning your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Today, I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.